Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you on this Tuesday another installment of Fascism in Fiction. This week, I'm going to talk about one of the most popular television shows in the world in the last couple of years. It's an anime from Japan, meaning that it is a cartoon show that was illustrated in the style of Japanese manga, which is a Japanese style of comic books. It is released haltingly from 2013 to the present, and its original material was created by Isayama Hajime. This show is called Attack on Titan. Now, normally I wouldn't care at all about quote-unquote spoilers. Personally, I believe that unless you're talking about a mystery novel or a mystery television show, that spoilers, you know, if they ruin the experience of watching the show, then it wasn't particularly good at all. But this show does have some, like, big old reveals that, like, reveal massive secrets hidden behind the curtain. So if you're behind on watching, or if you think you might end up watching the show and don't like that kind of thing, then maybe come back to this episode? I don't know. It's up to you. As for fans, if I ignore your favorite twist and turn in the show, just remember that I got 15 minutes to get through this thing. So Attack on Titan is set in a human civilization that consists of three giant walled-in areas. The walls are huge, and the area inside of them is enormous. Like, I'm talking the walls are multiple, multiple, multiple stories tall and made out of stone, and the area inside of them is the size of a sort of medium-small European country, you know, like Belgium or something like that. The show is from Japan, but the character designs, their clothes, their names, the architecture is all sort of Germanic Teutonic, and it, you know, technologically is set, I don't know, kind of somewhere in the late 19th century. Like, they have wooden horse carriage buggies and things, and, like, people wear top hats and stuff like that. Everything is super Germanic, like, everybody's name is super Germanic. For example, the name of the main character is Aaron Jaeger, as in the German word that means hunter. Their society inside these walls is a sort of corrupt monarchy. And in typical young adult fiction fashion, the social division within this society is extremely obvious. If you live close to the center of the wall, you're rich and powerful. That's where the king lives. If you live farther out, you are poorer and less powerful. This extreme farther out section is where we find our main characters. And again, in typical YA fashion, the world outside of these walls is forbidden because of the presence and constant attacks of giant flesh-eating monsters, which the show called Titans. Now, these Titans take the form of giant humans who are between 10 feet tall and like multiple, multiple stories tall. They're ungainly, they're disorganized, they're uncoordinated. They're also all naked and androgynous, primarily leaning in the direction of appearing like men, but without genitals. They're also incredibly, incredibly strong. And again, they eat people. Like, they pick people up from the ground and will eat them. The only way to kill them is by cutting their necks in a very specific place, which gives the show a lot of its action momentum. You know, the characters have to put on these pieces of gear that let them fly around in the air so that they can slice this, like, extremely narrow strip of the titan's neck in order to kill it. The show begins as the lead characters lose their home, again on the outside of this walls, um, in an unprecedented attack in which titans breach the walls. The main character, Aaron Yeager, watches his mother being eaten alive, his father having already disappeared. So again, we are in typical young adult fiction territory here. The civilization retreats into one of the other walls, and we spend the next bit of the show featuring other young people, people who have also lost their homes to these titan attacks, joining the military in order to retake their home. 
This is where the show really starts to get creepy and militant. Here we see young people, they're teenagers, right? I think they're like 14 or 15 at this point in the show. They're joining the military and they're dedicating their lives and their honor to serving in the army and they're forming comradely bonds with each other. You know, like that's, that's what the show is about. It's about these people who are in the military of this show. They follow a person who is essentially, he, he looks exactly like a, a stereotypical Aryan leader. He has like the fascist haircut and he's blonde and he's really tall and, you know, he really cares about honor and duty and, you know, retaking the homeland and stuff like that. Over the course of the first bit of the show, they do successfully retake their homeland. They kill a bunch of the Titans that were inside of the walls and they retake the space that the Titans originally took over and they get to this uh, big mystery reveal that is the heart of the first section of the show. Aaron Yeager's father has a secret basement, and in that secret basement, there are secrets about how Titans work and what they are and where they come from and stuff, because the civilization doesn't know that. They don't know what the Titans are. They don't know where they come from. They don't remember anything about how anybody got here. And so when they get to this secret basement, they learn the big reveal of the show. It turns out that the civilization that they're a part of you know, with the Titans attacking the walls, is just a small subset of a much wider world. And moreover, the people in this civilization were put there by the other people in the world in order to intentionally segregate them there. So now we get this new reframed image of the world of the show, and it's the one that the show operates in until its conclusion. Essentially, everybody that we have met so far in the show is revealed to be a member of a race of human beings. This race is called the Eladians. The Eladians are discriminated against by other races because they, alone out of all human beings, can transform into titans. This makes them deadly combatants, as it is revealed through the course of the show that some people can transform into titans that can control themselves, you know, like, and basically be martial artists or, like, use big old swords or something. Our main character, Aaron Yeager, is one such person. He can become this big, flesh-eating monster but control himself. So it's revealed that all Aladians can do that, and they are discriminated against because of this. Specifically, it's also revealed in the course of this that all of the Titans that they have killed so far, everybody who has been attacking them thus far, everybody who ate everybody that they know, the person who, who ate Aaron Yeager's mother is in fact a member of his same discriminated against race of people, right? That, that, that's what the show is showing you, that... When Eladians are injected with the spinal fluid of another member of the Titans, then they become a Titan and they become this, like, you know, mindless, flesh-eating, killing monster. At this point, we have left the typical young adult fiction universe. We learn also that outside of the world that the show has so far been set in, you know, the, these, these concentric walls that are constantly being attacked by Titans, outside of this, it turns out that these walled cities are on an island, and that this island is called Paradise Island. However, Eladians don't just live on Paradise Island. They live all around the world. And if they live outside of Paradise Island, they are discriminated against in a way that directly mirrors anti-Semitic policies of the Nazi German system. They have to wear armbands denoting themselves as Eladian. The, the symbol on the armband is even like a sort of like bursting star, not unlike the Star of David. 
Those armbands are color-coded to determine the Aladian's position in society, which is something that the Germans did for a time. They also are forced to live in circumscribed areas inside of cities, as in they experienced ghettoization. They are forced to live in cramped, undesirable situations. They uh, don't have the same rights to own property as everybody else. They don't have the same rights to start businesses and to make money or to do any of those sorts of things. In the process of this reveal, it is also revealed that many of the main antagonists of the show, you know, the people who started this big rampage in the first place and killed our main character's mom, that these are actually Eladians from this other civilization who have voluntarily joined their oppressor's army in order to become honorary members of their oppressor's race. And so these people are using the power that they have as members of this special race of people, and they're using their powers in order to help their oppressors. Now, this is where the show gets really tonally strange. Like, so far, we've had this weird, choppy, fascist allegory with a bunch of Germanic names and stuff. But this is where things get really off the rails. Because in the world of the show, the Eladians are oppressed, right, in a way that mirrors Jewish oppressions. But in the world of the show, the Eladians aren't repressed for no reason. They're oppressed because in the past, they did, in fact, use their powers to be able to transform into giant flesh-eating monsters in order to rule the world and oppress other people. They had their own enormous empire called the Eladian Empire, which was again founded on their incredible power of being able to transform into giant powerful monsters. Many of the Eladians that we meet outside of the original setting, Paradise Island, are characterized as literal self-hating Jews, people who agree that they should be oppressed because of the wrongs of their past civilization. Now, once the main characters from Paradise Island, you know, the, the, the people who watch their parents die in this initial attack that starts the show, they eventually make their way onto the mainland, and they see this oppression and they understand the race of people that they come from, the Eladians. And seeing this oppression, and also motivated by some prophecies slash it was meant to be type stuff, the main character, Aaron Yeager, fully commits to a fascist genocidal plan, and that is where the plot of the show is currently hanging. He plots with people in the military in Paradise Island to take over the power of their king and to stage a fascist coup led by a militant youth league that calls themselves the Jaegerists. They then go on to use the power that he has gotten, you know, by like eating other people who have titan powers. You know, that's, that's, that's one of the things that's going on in the show. It's not particularly important to the fascist narrative. But he, he uses his newfound powers in order to try to kill all other human beings on Earth. And that is what is happening right now in the show. So currently, the plot is about a, a, a fight between two factions of these Aladians, these Jewish analogs in the, in the show. One faction, led by Aaron Yeager, wants to kill everyone else on Earth and reestablish their supremacy. The other faction wants to end their oppression by ending the existence of their race entirely. They either want to sterilize everybody who is a member of their race, or they want to kill everybody who is a member of their race. That is what is happening in the show. Clearly, this is a show with some fascist themes, right? The main characters join the military to protect and renew their country. They get radicalized. They learn that they are really the oppressed people of the world, quote-unquote, right? In the world of the show, they learn that they're really the oppressed people of the world. They commit to right those previous wrongs and to elevate their own race, you know, or to protect their own race. 
Now, in this sense, I think that this show is an effective narrative about fascism. It lets us get to know a group of young people as they become radicalized and interested in, you know, these, these nationalist militaristic posturings. They join a, a military organization that is interested in renewing and reconquering their country. They make a plan to kill a bunch of people in another country in order to protect themselves. They are interested in a sort of like supremacist perspective. And this is most especially evident in the, in the main character of the show, Aaron Yeager who we initially meet in a sort of like, again, typical young adult fashion sense. Like it's a boy who wants to do good in the world and wants to right the wrongs that he experienced. And, you know, he's an orphan and he's this like plucky kid who's a leader among his group and he protects the people that he cares about and blah, 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 blah. But over the course of the show, he transforms into essentially a sort of Hitler type figure who is interested in world conquest, domination and genocide. Now, that's a very serious character arc, and it's one that makes the show stand out among all other types of shows like it, in my opinion. However, the, the thing that the show really gets weird about is this racist narrative, right? Again, the show presents the Eladians as an analog for Jewish people in Europe in the you know, late 19th century, early 20th century. And it depicts their oppression as being wrong and dangerous and violent and criminal. But it also shows that the Aladians did, in fact, take over the world before. And they did, you know, oppress other people. And they also do eat people when they become titans. Now, if that's not a, a, a muddled anti-Semitic narrative, like, I, I don't know what is. It's, it's really bizarre that the show seems to be both about an oppressed people who are trying to protect themselves and also admits that those people are oppressed because they really are, in fact, dangerous. And they really are, in fact, capable of controlling the entire world. And they really are, in fact, hyper-super-powerful compared to other humans. Now, that is racist. That, that, that's just like a racist, anti-Semitic way to talk about race and to talk about the oppression of Jewish people and to talk about anti-Semitism. So I think that ultimately the show is an effective demonstration of the power and call of fascism for many people. The, the fact that it is an enticing ideology for many people, as we see characters that narratively the show encourages us to like and empathize with, as we see them descend into fascism. But also at the core of the show is a centrally racist message, claiming that oppressed people in a sense, deserve their oppression, or at least that, that it is justified in the narrative of the show. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 Minutes of Fascism. That's 15 Minutes of Fascism spelled out in all one word. I'm on Twitter at Hist of the Right, that's H-I-S-T of the Right, and Fascism15. And you can also find me on Gmail at 15minutesoffascism at gmail.com. All right, thanks very much, and I'll talk to you Thursday. <laughs>